Welcome to the Fireplace Podcast, live from our weekly Friday night rallies. If you live in the greater Nashville area, we would love for you to join us 7 p.m. at Harvest Sound Church. This podcast contains our best practical trainings and gripping messages that will compel you to go put Jesus' love into action. I've been on a trip for the last couple weeks, and uh, I got to go to California, up to Yosemite. It's like this beautiful national park. Um, And then I went down and was at the beach in California uh, with Ashley and her family, and it was amazing. It was a wonderful time of rest. Um, Never been out there. It was like nothing I've ever seen. And I wanted to share uh, a quick testimony to encourage y'all. so it was actually like last night uh, in California at, in an In-N-Out at 1 a.m. at UC Irvine. Uh, it's, a, it's a college down next to the beach in California, and me and Ashley had the privilege of picking everyone up milkshakes at 1 a.m. Um, so we're, we're in the In-N-Out, and all of the kids, is a, you know, it's like a thurs, Thursday night, but the kids were rushing in from the bars um, so wasted. There were like kids falling all over the floor. Um, People were screaming. The line was out the door. It was like, felt like the, I don't know. It was chaotic. And um, me and Ashley were talking. We're like, dang, like these these people need the gospel. And we kind of like looked at each other. We're like, oh shoot, <laughs> uh oh. And um, so I was like, okay, like let's preach the gospel to the in and out right now. And I, I was like, I was like, all right, I'll get up on the table and I'll get everyone's attention and preach the gospel. And then I started to hesitate, and I was kind of hesitating, and Ashley was like, no. She was like, I was like, I don't know if it'll bear fruit. She was like, no. If you speak the name Jesus and you preach the gospel, it's an imperishable seed. Like, you need to go, and you need to, like, preach the gospel. So I got up there, and I was like, attention, in and out. Like, and I started testifying to everyone. Like, everyone was like, everyone looked up at me, and I was like, I, you know, I told them, I was like, I used to be broken. I used to, you know, chase highs, you know, get drunk. I used to you know, try to party and and try to fill my own life. And, you know, I ended up addicted and broken and empty. But then I turned to Jesus and Jesus, like, gave me full life. And I can tell you from my own life experience, like, if you're looking for something new, something full, it's in Jesus. And I said, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes to give life and life to the full, John 10, 10. And shared the gospel with them and actually, like, ended up erupting and, and cheering. Everyone was clapping and, like, cheering and People were like shook. It, it was wonderful. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to encourage y'all with that. Tonight I'm going to be um, talking about something that's very similar to that, and I'm just going to start by sharing about intimacy. It's such a, an essential uh, foundation for our, for our faith. I would never have done something like that. You know, I, I was talking to Daniel, I was talking to Ashley, and I, I was saying that I wouldn't have even have done something like that before I was saved if the building was on fire. Like, seriously, I would never have done something like that, but with the foundation of, of intimacy, there's radical change, right? So recently, we've been going through uh, teachings at Fireplace, uh, like practical evangelism equippings, and they've been so powerful to build us up, but we really need this foundation of intimacy uh, as not only uh, an evangelist, but also just as a believer um, in, in our walk. And how many of you all know from personal experience that intimacy with God is absolutely essential in your walk? so essential. And and at Fireplace, we have a culture of intimacy with God because if we 
if we go, stay at his feet, we're going to go where his feet go. So tonight I'm going to set a foundation of intimacy and then kind of get into some more practical uh, evangelism things toward the end. So real quick as we start, let's open up. If y'all want to open up to Luke 24, I'm going to be kind of summarizing because there's a lot of scripture. But um, if you want to open up, it's it's probably a story some of y'all are familiar with. But um, basically what's going on is it's, it's Luke 24. It's the very end of... Um, Luke, and basically what's just happened is Jesus died, he was buried, and then he rose, and praise God. Can we get a shout for that? Yeah. yeah. Praise God. This is a real thing that happened. We're not just telling stories here. Jesus came, he lived a perfect life, he died for us, and, and he rose, right? And so right now, the, the women just found the empty tomb, right? And they went back, and they told all the apostles and disciples, like, hey, his tomb is empty, right? And so this has just happened. And now two unnamed disciples uh, left, and they were going to Emmaus from Jerusalem, and they were walking. It's like a, a couple-hour walk, right? So what's happening is they're walking, and it says that they were downcast. Like, they're, they're pretty heavy laden. They're still really confused about what was going on with Jesus. And all of a sudden, Jesus starts walking and talking with them, but but they don't recognize Jesus. It says they did not recognize his face, right? So they're walking, and Jesus is like, hey, like, what are you guys talking about? Which is messed up, because he knew exactly what they were talking about. They're talking about him. Um, and they, they basically go on to tell him about himself. They say, like, yeah, like, we're, well, Jesus came, and, and he was, like, this amazing guy, and we thought he was going to be the Messiah, but then he died, so now we're confused. But now he's back alive, apparently, so we're just, like, really confused, and, and, and we're kind of hurt. And Jesus says to them, he says, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Keep in mind, they still have no idea that this is the man himself teaching this, right? So as they approached the village that they were getting to, uh, Jesus was going to keep going further, but they were like, no, like stay with me, eat dinner with us. So they sit down at the table. This is what it says in verse 30. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. You see, these people were his disciples, his apostles, right? We can be doing ministry. We can be walking with Jesus but if you're not constantly meeting with him, you're going to miss out on him, right? And th that's something that the Lord spoke very clearly to me at the end of this. Uh, it says that Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. And something the Lord spoke to me is that we can't just be meeting him at the temple, but we need to be meeting him at the table too. If we're not breaking bread with Jesus consistently, we, be, we can be doing ministry with him. We can be walking with him. We can even be learning from him. But if, if, we're, not, if we're not seeing his face, we're missing a key aspect of him, right? One thing, too, is, is as, as we're sitting across from the table as, from him and we're not even recognizing him, how can we expect to minister the heart of Christ if we can't even recognize the face of Christ? And, and that's something that, it's not, that's not just like a one-liner, but that's something that you can take into your quiet place. It's not something that just sounds cool. That would be a nice Instagram reel. Like, take that in your quiet place. If you're not recognizing the face of Jesus in your quiet place, 
then how do you expect to truly authentically minister his heart to the lost, all right? Um, so, yeah, that's just some perspectives that his disciples, they left everything. They went through persecution. They were outcasts in society. They left their, their whole lives, yet they didn't recognize Jesus until they broke bread with him. So how much more should we, like, very intentionally do the same thing? So once we get into this rhythm of intimacy and, and set a foundation of intimacy, that's when we can really start to step into evangelism because evangelism is just an overflow of intimacy at its best, right? Otherwise, it's just mustered up on our own strength, and that's going to lead to a whole bunch of nothing. So I think whether we're talking about like a single encounter on the street or a whole life, just our whole walk, I think we can boil it down to, to two steps, right, which is to to get the Lord's heart and to not look back. Whether I'm talking to a, a person on the street, I get the Lord's heart, I don't look back. Or if I'm converting to, to the Lord, I'm getting his heart and I'm not turning back, right? So what does the Lord's heart look like? I think this verse in Nehemiah 9.17 is so powerful. Nehemiah 9 is a super powerful chapter in the Bible. If you're ever looking for some bread, go there. But it says, it, it's basically a, recapping the Israelites walk and it says they refused to listen and failed to remember the miracles you performed among them they became stiff-necked and in their rebellion appointed a leader in order to return to their slavery but you are a forgiving God gracious and compassionate slow to anger and abounding in love therefore you did not desert them Second Peter 9, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Psalm 103, as far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. The Lord's heart is full of zeal and righteous jealousy for his people, and he'll go to any length to grasp them. That's what the Lord's heart looks like. It looks slow to anger and abounding in love. It looks gracious. It looks merciful. It looks like running after the most brokenhearted people, right? And so what does it look like when you actually receive the Lord's heart? So one night on Broadway down here, this is probably one of the more radical examples of this, and it still like kind of shocks me to this day, but I, I was down on Broadway, and I'm sure some of y'all have seen, there's a party, there's tons of party buses down there, but there's a specific one that's this massive military bus, and it literally is called Hell on Wheels, and so I'm walking down the street, and I that big bus honks its horn, and some dude next to me cheers for it, and I was like, that my first thought was just like, dang, like, that sucks, like, that, that really stinks, this dude's pretty lost, but, and I kept walking past him, we were walking opposite ways, and then like 10 seconds later, like out of nowhere, I got in a, like hit with the Lord's heart for this guy. And I got filled with an extreme fear for his eternity. And it, and it was a fear that led me to turn around and run after the guy. And I walked up to him and I was like, bro, did you just cheer for the hell on wheels bus? He was like, yeah. I was like, why? I was like, dude, you do not, like, you don't want this. You don't want this. And, and, and it, as I was like, as I was, translating the Lord's heart to him, he got hit with the exact same thing. And he got fear on his face and he was like, no, no, I, I, don't want, I don't want hell. I don't want hell. And he started freaking out and he got hit with the fear of the Lord too. And, and I was like, bro, you need to turn back to the Lord. Like his arms are open wide. And that's what the Lord's heart looks like. It looks radical. It looks zealous. It looks gracious and compassionate. It looks like even when someone's gonna cheer for the opposite, for the enemy, the Lord's still going to run after him. The Lord is, 
the Lord filled me with fear and, and zeal for this man's heart after he directly cursed his name. And that's the Lord's heart. And so after we receive the Lord's pure and true heart, we can't look back. It, it says in Luke 9:62 that no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Right? And we need to realize the, the true weight of our mission, which is an eternal battle with the king of kings. Like we're getting to co-labor with the king of kings for an eternal battle. And that's the weight of our mission. It is a weighty mission. Right? We need to realize the weight of our mission, and then we need to analyze our fuel. And we need to see, am I operating out of passion or am I operating out of pressure? Because we can end up relying on our own strength for a mission that God promised power for us. Right? When we're working from passion, our passion is birthed by the Holy Spirit. Our passion is aligning with the fruit of the Spirit, and it's authentic. It says in 1 Thessalonians, We remember before our God and Father your work, work produced by faith, labor prompted by love, and endurance inspired by hope. That's what, that's what authentic passion looks like. It looks like it's fueled by love and faith and hope, right? And that's just the way that Jesus has intended it, and that's an, a sustaining fuel. But when we start operating out of pressure, that's straight deception from the enemy. You see, we grew up like hearing deception, and all of y'all may know this, but I learned it a couple months ago that deception isn't just a straight-up lie. It's a little bit of truth and a little bit of lie mixed together, and it'll change something beautiful that the Lord intended for good, and it'll twist it just enough to mess you up. And that's what pressure and evangelism is, because... It's one thing to be, it's one thing to like realize the weight of your mission, like I was talking about, and be fearfully stirred onto the mission of God, but it's another thing to miss out on the strength that God has for you because you're too worried about doing something on your own, or you're too stressed about it. You you pull back because you're scared, or you go in with the wrong intentions. That's deception, is twisting. You're still on mission, but you're missing out when when you're there. And so as you let the mission of God really take hold of your heart, In a pure way, you're going to start to see your have-tos turn to get-to. Because the truth is, like, when we analyze our heart, if we're saying, like, we have to go evangelize or we we have to serve. No, the truth is that we, like, get to, we get to co-labor with the living God of the universe, with a redeemed heart, to to go after our brothers and sisters. So many times when we step out of our comfort zone and step into faith, we're going to get met by more grace than we could have even asked for. And, and some areas are going to take persistence, right? But the Lord's going to use that to build your faith as you give him your yes time and time again. And I think our, our walk can be summed up by this, is, is our walk can be summed up by this, is perpetual growth fueled by greater moments of faith. And, and what I mean by that is, is stepping into moments that eternally raise the bar of your faith. And so, so an example for me would be, before I'm walking with the Lord, I'm just living a normal life. I have no faith. I, my, my bar is on the floor. But then I start turning to Jesus, and, and I'm saved. And now the bar is raised. I'm believing in the Lord for salvation. I know he changed my heart. Now he can go change theirs. And now I'm going forth. Now I'm listening to the Lord. I'm walking in relationship with him. I'm hearing from him. I'm seeing him move. Now I have the faith for relationship, right? Next thing goes on. I'm seeing, I'm submitting to the Lord, and now I'm receiving freedom. I'm getting freed from addictions. I'm seeing other people get freed. Now I have the faith for freedom, and the bar keeps going up and up. Now I'm seeing healings. I see someone get healed on Broadway. The bar is raised, right? 
Just like at In-N-Out, I never, ever, ever not once would have stood up on the table and preached the gospel a year and a half ago. Never, not once. But now that my bar has been raised and raised and raised by greater steps of faith, now my growth has just been perpetual. So keep, I encourage you to keep stepping out in greater faith because each time you step out, you're not stepping out, you're stepping up. And you're just going to keep going up the ladder, but it it takes a yes. Your your faith is going to take a yes, but the Lord is going to meet you with more grace than you can ask for. And you're going to fail, and there's going to be more grace. And you're going to keep going up and up and up. So I just encourage you, like, this week even, set like set an intentional foundation of intimacy. If you're not setting an intentional foundation of intimacy, you're missing out, whether you're, you know, one weekend or 10, 10 years in. The, the intimacy is where all things are, are coming from, right? So as we receive the heart of God in that intimate place, we're going to, like, press in, keep pressing in, and don't stop. So I just want to pray over y'all, cover y'all in that, and then we're going to come up and get prayed for and go hit the street. So, Lord, we just thank you so much. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that, that you are the strength and power by which we by which we do your mission, Lord. Thank you for your grace, Lord, that we get to co-labor with you, God. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just come search our hearts, Lord. Search my heart, Lord. I pray that you would reveal any improper motives, Lord. I pray that you would make holy, Lord, any areas that aren't handed over to you, Lord, because we want we want to serve you, Lord, because you're holy, Lord. You're gracious. You're kind, Lord. You're abounding in love. Lord, you're more, you're so worthy, Lord, so, so worthy, Lord, and we love you. Lord, I pray that you would just fill each of us, Lord, with a boldness, Lord, that will say yes, Lord. Lord, no matter what we're facing, God, I pray that we would be met with the the reality of the weight of our mission, Lord, and the strength that you've given us, Lord, to run the race, Lord. I pray you bless us tonight, Lord, with that same courage, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.